Hello, fellow traveler on this treacherous, mysterious, very long yet very short journey called human incarnation. This is your host, Tanya, and you are listening to the Metamystic Podcast. Hello, and welcome to April's edition of the Metamystic Podcast. What is up, fam? (laughs) How are you? Happy spring. I hope you are doing amazing. Um, This episode of the podcast is a little different. We are talking all things cryptocurrencies with my homie, Tom Spedigu. So I hope you guys are up for a really fun change of pace. Uh, We are going to jump right into this pod. But first, let's go ahead and get into Shout Out Corner. Today's shout out corner goes out to the historic civil rights movements that we're seeing happen in the United States and really all over the world right now. And of course, I'm talking about the Stop Asian Hate and Black Lives Matter movements. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that April 2021 has had a lot of activity in the area of civil rights and anti-racism. And I always want to tie these topics because this isn't a political (laughs) podcast by any means, but I want to tie these topics to alternative spirituality, wellness, wokeness, and the woo-woo communities uh, that we all know and love. I think it's so important for us to think about our personal set of ethics in the context of how we live out our spiritual path or our yoga or our wellness journeys. And uh, a great way to do that is to think about ways to support the movements that are happening right now and to think of ways to proactively be anti-racist. And a great way to do that, aside from maybe posting a hashtag on your social media platform, right, is to send some green energy by way of cash money uh, to the organizations that are doing important work on the ground. Uh, There are, I guarantee you, groups in your community that are working on these issues. Uh, But if you're looking for someone to support, the ACLU is always a great one. And I also really recommend looking into the Grassroots Law Project, who are doing important uh, legal work for families and individuals who have been the victims of systemic racism and really brutalized and or murdered uh, by police. Uh, The head of that organization is Lee Merritt, who is a badass civil rights attorney and one of my personal heroes. And they're just really doing important uh, criminal justice work on the ground right now. And so please check them out and support them in any way you can. Okay, guys, now to get into the pod. Today we have my good friend Tom Spedigu on the podcast. We are talking all things cryptocurrencies. And you might be thinking to yourself, why is this girl talking about cryptocurrencies on her little woo-woo spirituality podcast? And you know what? I will tell you why. 
A, I think the topic of cryptocurrencies is inherently psychedelic and fascinating. Uh, this technology is way above my head, TVH, but I feel and I have always felt since, you know, Bitcoin came into the zeitgeist that this technology is something we haven't ever seen in human history and it really has the potential to change the way we live our lives in some really great ways maybe some scary ways too but that just comes with the territory um and b i think that a lot of us are intimidated when it comes to topics that have to do with like financial technologies, right? And so it's just really important to have some fluency in uh, what's happening, especially in our financial sectors, because, and this is definitely the Aquarian in me coming out, so forgive me, but you know, technology is accelerating by the day and it's just important to get ahead of these things so that you're that you're with the times and that you know what's going on. Um, you know, in my parents' generation, the people like, for example, my mom, <laughs> who uh, just never really wanted to touch a computer, you know, 15 down years down the road were pretty lost by the time smartphones came out. And so I think we might see similar things happen with cryptocurrencies, especially in the next 10 years or so. So if anything, this podcast is super lighthearted and informative and just a good time. Uh, but let me know what you think, because I am super down to do more off the wall topics in the future like this. Uh, so let's go ahead and just get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Tom Spedigo. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I am so excited to have you here today uh, to talk about cryptos because you've been mining cryptos since back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say in the very, very beginning. I certainly knew about it in the very beginning, and I wish I'd have gotten into it then, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but uh, but I mean, I'd say we, we started mining back in like 2013, actually. So that's when we started having some some of that going on. So when you first started getting into this, what drew you to cryptocurrencies? Uh, well, I've kind of gone through a bit of a political transformation myself from then to now, but I okay. still actually think that that crypto is uh, is a net good, I would say. Okay. Um, but back then I was attracted to it from the much more and typically associated with it, the kind of libertarian, like, yeah, screw the government, like, get out of my money, you know, so I was like, yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, that's one of the things that I actually just love about technology generally, is that I, I feel this is, again, one of those things that has retained, has stayed with me through my somewhat, I would say I'm an almost political reversal um, in terms okay. of my points of views, uh, is that I do think that technology um, offers uh, the individual, the, the, the little guy, if you will, like a tremendous amount of power, for lack of a better term. I mean, it, it gives you a way to push back against, you know, institutionalized, uh, you know, big institutions and authorities in a way that I don't think anything ever has in the history of the human species. Um, so I think that that's one of the big things. And, and I think that probably the most significant way that that pushback um, or that that 
uh, accumulation, I guess, of power to the individual from, you know, I guess against uh, authoritarian institution uh, was probably cryptocurrency because that finally was the first time that we, you know, that the technology enabled people to just do something outside of the institutionalized framework of commerce and what have you. And so like that was really the big killer app, I think. And I love that. That was it was it spoke a lot of a lot to me. Um, and uh -huh. so I was just I was just all in it. I mean, I, I loved reading about it, loved learning about it. I'm still trying to re uh, read and learn a little bit more about it. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously, the market has changed significantly since since back in those early days. So. Okay, so my next question is called the Michael Scott kid gloves question. Uh -huh. <laughs> so there's this episode of The Office where Michael Scott is like listening to someone explain something only moderately sophisticated. And he's like, uh -huh. totally. Now explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah. <laughs> so for this next question, if you could just explain it to me like I'm five, <laughs> um, what is cryptocurrency? If you had to like sum it up in a nutshell. Um, if I had to sum it up in a nutshell, it's it's pretty straightforward. In a nutshell, the uh, cryptocurrency is um, magic internet money. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to put it. Um, and uh, that sounds simple, but it turns out in order to do it, um, you know, in order to make that happen, um, mm -hmm. it, that that's where actually all the all the complexities come in. Um, uh, so at it. Explaining like you're five, it's just magic internet money. Okay, um, like explaining <laughs> like you're 15 or so, uh, in order to make magic internet money work, you have to make sure that people can't spend the same token twice. And that was the real, like, that was the, the big problem that why that hasn't happened before, why we've always relied on, on essentially, I mean, like you've always been able to spend money on the internet, but it hooks into the legacy financial system. It doesn't, you know, and we re rely on, Essentially, the Federal Reserve, you could say, is is the is the is the authority that makes sure that one dollar is one dollar is one dollar, and you can't spend that same dollar two, in two places. So, yeah. So, something you always hear when you're I don't know if you've ever gotten on Clubhouse, but people are obsessed I, with cryptos on Clubhouse. Uh -huh. So, um, something you always hear people talk about is the importance of decentralization. Uh -huh. So, is that kind of what you're talking about? Very much so. Actually, that uh, going back to your earlier question, that that's one thing that I liked about cryptocurrency was that it was decentralized, I guess, in the same sense that okay. the internet is decentralized. But mm -hmm. once you start peeling back the layers, you start seeing some points of centralization where you're like, uh oh, that needs to be fixed and that needs to be fixed. Because, of course, centralization or power centers are where abuse can and almost will, given a long enough time span, occur. Um, mm -hmm. And so one thing that was exciting about crypto is that, yeah, you could just be some dude on your computer and you're like the mint for Bitcoin, which is awesome, you know, and it worked. It's honest, you know, like those Bitcoins you, you fabricate on your machine will not be printed. They can't be replicated. And like, so it's, it's honest, but you get to have a real say in it, which was really cool. And so decentralization, I think, is, is, a, is a key part of, of, of cryptocurrency because the idea is we don't want, you know, large groups being able to, uh, you, know, well, you know, especially when it comes to money, but really anything. If you have a lot of power, mm -hmm. I mean, power is there to be used and people will use it. And so the whole point of, of keeping the system honest is relying on decentralization. And that has proven to be a harder problem, I think, than anybody. There's a lot of people who are like, no, this is the way, this is the way, we, we've got it. It's like, no, it's better. I think it's better, you know, we've, you know, I think Bitcoin's better or cryptocurrency is, is a, 
at least conceptually, it's better. I, I like it. It's more people powered. And, but there's definitely problems in Bitcoin and, you know, a lot of these other a lot of these other uh, cryptos out there as far as still having places where it's either weak and the only solution kind of lends towards centralization or where just centralization I mean, economies of scale take 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 shape, and 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 things just get centralized, and it's that's a tough fight, yeah. really. Do so. you see? Do you think that that's more of an issue with Bitcoin in particular, or do you think most cryptos have that same issue? I think all cryptos have that same issue, um, but I actually think Bitcoin. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that I look at when I'm looking at a cryptocurrency as to whether it goes into the hypey bullshit bin or like all right there's there's actually some promise there uh -huh. most most cryptos in my view and i i know that this is probably going to annoy a lot of crypto people but most of them 99.9 percent .9 go in the hypey bullshit bin i'm willing to look <laughs> at anybody's anybody's take and then the more co competition there is that's good but i uh, i want to say i look for um competent development uh, you know, like, so I, I want to know who the developers are, what, what their what their background is, are they actually good at it, and then the people behind it. Uh, Bitcoin's a little tough because it was the first one, but that actually kind of lends it some credo, like mad credo mm -hmm. in, the, in the crypto community. And a lot of the original developers are there, and they've been really good about um, whatever changes they make, which in crypto is really difficult to do. It's not like Windows where you just push an update and that's good. Right. Everybody has to agree on it. And you got to get everybody else's software on that same page, which is, it can be a tall, uh, you know, I remember distinctly when the Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash split took place. And that was crazy, but it was, that was really it. It was a fight between you had Peter or Peter Veer, I think. I don't remember, but some, some guy and he, he wanted uh, Bitcoin has a hard coded limit where the blocks on the blockchain can only be one megabyte in size. And mm -hmm. this was causing problems on the Bitcoin network. But the Bitcoin developers were like, we don't want them to be much larger because then the little guy can't hold the whole chain and can't, you know, so they've been very good at defending, you know, even at the cost of perhaps some some ease of use and and and, uh, and convenience, uh, Bitcoin's decentralization. And so that's that's an important thing. Uh, to look for. I don't think Bitcoin is, is quite perfect uh, yet um, at all, as a matter of fact. Uh, I, but again, I, I think it's important to look at, uh, you know, the, the record, I guess, of the development team and the mm -hmm. perspective of that crypto, as well as some of the technical merits or demerits of, of, a, of a given cryptocurrency. Um, Bitcoin does have some centralization in it. That's one of my big problems with it. But mm -hmm. I still think that it's, um, I think that they've got a good team behind them. Um, and Bitcoin, you know, being the first mover, it was never going to be the best one ever. Like, there's no way. It's amazing that it's doing as well as it is now, 10 plus years down the line. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I wish it success, but there's some key problems that it has. But nobody else has solved those problems either. And the Bitcoin team has really come forward with some pretty novel solutions on that. So, so another thing I hear about a lot with cryptos is that it's a unique way to store wealth. Can you explain why people think that that's true? No, not really. Uh, I can't explain that just because I can't really, I think the jury is still out on what wealth is and what value okay. is and why people value stuff. What I will say is that there was a lot of naysayers and poopers in the beginning of it and both, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, me back then and me now are kind of like, haha, because 
it's been 10 years down the line. Bitcoin's yeah. worth at least, if not, I didn't check the price today, but you know, around $50,000, which is uh, great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's been around for 10 years. It has never been hacked. And it's, you know, the, the idea that it was this, this tulip craze, you know, it's just like, man, I don't, I don't think that applies. If you've got something that's only gained in value over, over 10 years, somewhat unstably and, and randomly, but like, there's something there, right? you know, like granted, it's not backed by gold. It doesn't have the full faith and credit of the United States government behind it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not going to say that those things don't matter. They clearly do. But like, at this point, we clearly do know that having a scarce, um, a, a, a specifically scarce thing designed to do this, even with nothing else by itself has some value, just the concept and philosophy behind this thing. I think gives it value. And I think that's what a lot of people were pushing against back then. There still are some people. In fact, uh, there's an economist, I guess you could call him an economist, uh, Peter Schiff. He tends to be, you know, much more on the right libertarian side of things. He's still just like every day on his Twitter, he's like, gold, not Bitcoin. I mean, he just hates it. And I'm like, dude, like, give it up. Like, it's over. You did lose this fight. Like, it's very clear that like, you can have a non-material but valuable backing to something and that's okay. Uh, and I think that, uh, so I don't know why um, necessarily, because again, that question of what is value, then nobody's been able to answer that. But I think that the evidence at least informs us that, yeah, there's, there's some value in just the philosophy and a good execution of this concept. So. So what are some of the cultural changes you've seen around crypto since you started mining in 2013? Uh, I think the big one is, um, and this wasn't entirely unexpected, but everyone wanted to get in on Bitcoin, but missed it, myself included. Like that was the one time I could have been a millionaire by fucking around <laughs> on the internet, you know? Um, but there was a much bigger, the big cultural change and it, it, it saddens me and worries me is that um, the big was against fiat money, you know, government controlled money and everything like that. And the, uh, you know, pretty much the majority of the voices back then were like, look, yeah, it's great that you bought in at this price and got out higher and good for you. You made money. Like, I'm happy for you. But it was also, you know, the focus was how do we make it compete with Visa and MasterCard? How do we make it usable? How do we make it to where people can go and buy that cup of coffee and stuff like that? I'm like, you do that with Bitcoin. If it's going to go up another 50 grand, you're like, a cup of coffee is going to be worth so much money, like 10 years down the road, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, and that, 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 that the, the, the question and the uniform unified community goal of getting it to be the money that's in your pocket that you use for your day to day. I, I don't, I mean, it's barely there anymore. It's all, everyone seems to be in on like, what's the next crypto that I can get rich quick off of? I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, we all live in this like crazy late capitalist society or whatever, trying to make ends meet. I get it. I totally respect it. But the goal was really like, how do we make this people's day-to-day -day currency? How do we truly liberate commerce and let people just uh, trade and do? And, uh, and I think that that, I'm not going to say that that fight's gone because I'm still thinking about it. And I don't believe that I'm the only one, but I think that it has very, very largely gotten drowned out by a lot of these kind of hype ICO, you know, for lack of a better term, bullshit cryptos that are just like trying to be the next Bitcoin, get rich quick soon. And they don't, you know, they know it too. I mean, like a serious <laughs> attempt to be a, 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 you know, like to correct the mistakes of Bitcoin. I haven't seen one yet. We know what they are, but no one's really done it yet. And I'm not 
throwing shade at anybody. Like I yeah. do know how to throw some software down. I haven't done it yet either. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but that's that's probably the single biggest uh, cultural change that I've seen. There was a there was a purpose, and now it seems like they're just it's not. It's just like kind of a quick slinging get rich quick BS thing, and that that's the sad part to me. So. What are your thoughts on Elon Musk? <laughs> uh, I, you know, honestly, uh, you know, um, I, I like Elon Musk. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I like him as a person necessarily, yeah. but I think that he is a good, he's a good manager. And I do like the, you know, like, man, the guy's got gusto. I'll say that, like, you know, I, I'm not going to disrespect some guy who like lands rockets regularly, you yeah. know, like everybody else had fucking decades to get that shit done. And they were like, that ah, we can't do it. And he's just like, all right, well, I just made it like regular and ordinary. And when we don't land a rocket for putting a satellite into orbit, like that's news. And I'm like, all right, like, that's awesome. I've always, I'm a nerd. I've always wanted the crazy Star Trek dream to come true. And the reality is breaking free from Earth's grasp is very difficult. And so in order to do that, we have to lower the cost of space travel. And he's the only guy that speaks that language. Um, everybody else uh, kind of doesn't, or they, you know, they, 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 they'll put out these, you know, press releases of like these fantastical things, but you're like, dude, that's going to cost like a trillion dollars. That's just not going to happen, you know, like, and he's, you know, I remember when he announced, because he'd been doing the Falcon 9 and all that jazz, and they just landed all that. And then he did this press release, I think at the International Astronomical Union, about how are we going to colonize Mars? And he was breaking it down on the economics, how many people we need to get there, what the ship needs to be capable of. And it was just like, holy shit. Like, okay, that's that like that sounds like a real plan. Like that sounds holy shit, like we could do this, you know, not like a like, oh well, we'll build these nuclear rockets that'll and then we'll have these space rings that people live on and they'll no, that's not gonna happen. But like his plan was very broken down into the economics of it and how do we do it? How, how much is it going to cost? How are we going to finance this? And it was very, you know, like a refreshingly realistic approach. I'm a little more annoyed at his recent, like, oh, I'm going to talk about COVID and like pronouns. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Can't you just be like a cool guy who like designs technology and is trying to stop global warming and not fall into this trap of like needless contrarianism, I guess. And so that's where I've been frustrated with him lately. But I think that uh, he's got a good mind on his shoulders. He reaches for risky, um, uh, you know, goals, but, you know, I'm not going to knock his execution on those. So I guess like most people, he's a complicated person, but I guess culture is, is important. And he has not yeah. just been a CEO, but a bit of a cultural phenomenon for mm -hmm. better or for worse. And he's, you know, just posting shit on Twitter can move the price of a stock or a cryptocurrency. I mean, I'd say a yeah. big chunk of Bitcoin's recent gains were because of him. So yeah. And Dogecoin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to hear your general thoughts on the whole game stocks thing. I've heard a lot of people say that nothing like that's going to be able to happen again because they were so open about what they were going to hype the price of. And now the hedge fund bros are kind of in on it. And so it's not going to happen again. What do you think? I'm totally sure. Again, that's an area <laughs> that I'm trying to learn a little bit more about yeah. as I go forward. But um, but based on what I learned, first off, they didn't get there without some hedge fund bros. Like, yeah. you know, like they they had some big money helping them out because of course big money is not necessarily allied with big money. Some of them are like, fuck that hedge fund, bro. Like, yeah, let's fucking dunk on him. Right. And so like, I feel like that's, that's why I don't think that it's impossible for it to happen again. The difficulty was somehow GameStop and 
all of, I mean, really, I'd almost say it was a, a cultural thing. Like everybody somehow managed, you got to this collective agreement, like GameStop, that's going to be our vehicle of vengeance, you know? Like, yeah. Will that happen again? I mean, it's not impossible, but like, it's got to be the right soup, you know, it's got to be the yeah. right recipe. And, uh, and so I, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it can't happen again. What I'm most concerned about, and, and I think was a, you know, just slam dunk, you know, like, I mean, honestly, like, a, this is, you know, cryptocurrency, like, like, this is, this is a card for cryptocurrency was when Robinhood and all these other trading apps were like, oh, no, no, no. And they fenced in all their little users to protect all the big guys. And I was like, you pieces of shit. Cause like the GameStop guys were gonna win. They were gonna like sink some of these hedge funds, yeah. which would have been hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, but, but then, you know, they're relying on these centralized apps that, you know, I don't care how much their press releases are like, oh, we're for investing for the people. Like, no. yeah. And at the end of the day, they're human beings that are running something that has interests and some of those interests were like, shut it down. And they were like, okay. And, yeah. uh, and cryptocurrency doesn't care. It's the math, it's the equations. And if, if there was like a stock trading algorithm that like that ran on crypto, like you wouldn't give a shit. Nobody could turn that off. And that's like, that's, you know, little people with power again. And that's a good, that's a good point. I yeah. never thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so another thing I hear about a lot lately, especially on Clubhouse, are NFTs. People uh -huh. are obsessed with NFTs. Yeah. So thoughts and is this better than the problems that Bitcoin has? Uh, it's just it's just different, I would say. And it's okay. I think it's I think it's a good thing. And NFTs may have been kind of in my life, there was like three stages of crypto. There was like the okay. early days, and then there was like 2015 to 20. I guess 17, which was kind of like getting a little more people are kind of seeing it. And then like basically 17 to now, which is like, no, like Bitcoin isn't some like fringe that like everybody knows what the fucking a Bitcoin is. It's it's in the social vernacular, like everyone talks about it. Mm -hmm. And um I want to say Crypto Kitties was before 2017, which was an, an important date. Um, and but it was so Bitcoin was kind of the big cryptocurrency, which had Ethereum coming out and Ethereum was mm -hmm. an interesting um, cryptocurrency because it did something that the creator of Bitcoin, Satosh, Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he is, mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, he specifically didn't do what Ethereum specifically does do. He, he thought about it, but he was like, no, Bitcoin is going to be a typewriter. It's designed to be internet money and it can't be used for anything else. Ethereum was like, no, Ethereum is an internet computer. It can do whatever you program it to do. It can be a currency, it can be, you know, kind of whatever, but it uses this underlying token system. And CryptoKitties was obviously programmed on top of Ethereum. And essentially it was just like, you have these random, but based on cryptographic inputs, like a random procedurally generated, like cute cartoon cat. But they were all different because they couldn't not be because every token was different and these cats were like you know they had bigger or smaller eyeballs or different colored fur and different stripe patterns on their fur or whatever based on you know cryptographic inputs and people went bananas over those because it was like oh i've got this crypto kitty and like some people paid like three hundred thousand dollars for like one crypto kitty or something and that's why it made the news because people were like oh my god can you believe these people but it's the same kind of thing essentially that's not the same as another crypto kitty and so that's the idea of a non-fungible token is it's not just a one-to-one -one, uh, trade and uh, and and that is actually kind of one of 
what I'm excited about in, in terms of those. I don't think it's going to be necessarily the next Bitcoin, but it is a useful application of the blockchain technology um, in particular to uh, do things um, to coordinate real world commerce, I think, like uh, property deeds or, you know, things like that. But it honestly just makes sense to have those managed and handled by a, uh, by a blockchain rather than like, you know, a state agency. I mean, I guess you could and probably still will, like the state's always going to want its eyes and ears on things. But, you know, the reality is, is like, you know, a, a blockchain will always, you know, like you know, your, your car's VIN number will never be lost in some database or incorrectly, you know, recorded somewhere like it sure. will always be, you know, yours on the blockchain as long as you've got that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think that's where where NFTs really do come in handy. It's not so much they're less money and more, um, you know, just just kind of a lubricant of social um, machinery, I suppose. Okay. Um, so and I and, and but but in the digital age, which yeah. like, we probably just should do that. You know, so uh, we'll see what happens. I think that there probably there will be obviously there's going to be, you know, I don't want to say crypto kitties for three hundred thousand dollars, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know in the long future, you know, art pieces by you know famous artists and stuff like yeah. that, like that's going to come with an NFT, and whoever controls that NFT is going to be essentially the owner of it. So yeah, I see a lot of artists on Clubhouse talking about them. So I bet yeah. I bet they're probably the most excited about it. Yeah. Um, so I guess looking forward, what are some of the major challenges you see society having, uh, like just regarding trying to categorize what these cryptocurrencies are? For example, I know, um, in the United States, the federal government is having a really hard time trying to define what cryptos are for tax reasons like they know it's property but it's not just a security right so yeah what what kinds of things do you think uh society like what are we going to have to um what challenges are we going to have in the future with these things um you know certainly from a regulatory perspective and i think that there's uh in the united states there's a, a regulatory perspective but also i mean regulators are human and they're not stupid they know damn well that like bitcoin is like fuck the machine you know yeah. like, so i think there's a little bit of salt um yeah. in the regulatory side from that and uh mm -hmm. you know i feel like the best way that you can see this is like the irs categorizes a uh, cryptocurrency as a, as as a, as a security but they also like if you like exchanging a crypto for a crypto or or US dollars or any other, all of those are taxable events. And one thing mm -hmm. that's that makes the crypto people a little salty is that like, so if I go from Bitcoin to Ethereum, that's a taxable event. So whatever my gain or loss is there, like I still have to pay taxes on that. And they, mm -hmm. you know, I think the preferred regulatory framework would be if it's in crypto, it stays in crypto and I don't get taxed until you know, making it uh, US dollars. Um, I think, you know, regulators are in for a difficult time, um, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I think, you know, on the flip side, and it sounds weird coming from a, a crypto guy, I suppose, I, I think that we've got good regulators that are generally speaking, good faith, you definitely have the, you know, bureaucratic power mongers everywhere you go, that's never going to change. But you know, but I think that uh, one thing that I definitely remember was, uh, I think it was under the Obama years, um, there was a big crypto hearing and uh, I don't remember exactly. It was sometime like in May or April and 
you know, all of us are kind of dreading it because, you know, it's just like, oh, the government's talking about crypto. It was kind of the first time, one, one of the earliest times that the government was like, okay, so like, this is a thing and we can't just ignore this thing anymore. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so we're all just like, oh God, what are they going to say? Like, you know, because it's like, it could, this could make or break, you know, like they mm -hmm. could, you know, we, we don't know, you know, they, we, yeah. it could go from, you know, we're like, we're in the United States. They can't just ban it, right? Right, like you know, right. uh, we don't know, you know. So yeah, and uh, he, I think he was the head of the CFTC, Consumer Financial. No, I don't remember. It was CFTC. I don't remember what that stands for at the moment. Um, and uh, you know, he gets up there, and actually, it was wonderful. He had he he was like it was almost like glowing praise from a guy who was supposed to be regulating it. Like, I think it was a very human story too. Where he was like, you know, you all have kids and. You know, I can't get my kids to talk about money in the least. And, you know, and that call coming back talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I was just like, holy shit, like this guy just like saved our asses. Like this like <laughs> federal regulator and a hearing before Congress is just yeah. like, you know, and all these congressmen are like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'm like, I, mean, I don't know. It's a really good hearing and everything like that. I don't think the regulations are uh, so bad the way that they are now. Um, I do think that there is a political risk um, because at the end of the day, you know, regulations are not people being good faith or not. Uh, there is the power incentive. And I think that that's no matter how you slice it, it's, it's just never not going to be there in the federal government. And I think that they're, you know, particularly with the uh, surveillance, you know, intelligence apparatus, uh, the NSA, FBI, CIA and all that. And that's actually one area that I'm absolutely terrified of. Yeah. Um, when it comes to uh, Bitcoin and everything, because it's not anonymous people. I don't know how that kind of got associated with cryptocurrency. So it's, oh, it's like private money. It's like, no, no, it's actually very trackable. In fact, that's how it works. It's is that it is completely trackable, you know, and uh, and so and uh, I read something online a ways back about how one way that they could kill Bitcoin and cryptocurrency generally without just even banning it would be not necessarily kill it, but drastically weaken it and certainly deprive it of its independence from state control um, mm -hmm. was uh, that they could essentially blacklist bitcoins that have been used in like criminal transactions and stuff like that and then those would just become gray coins and if you accepted them they'd be like worth less and and then it's just yeah. like oh shit like then this is you know and they could they could do that that's that's a thing that you can do and but you can you can watch the passage of every single bitcoin from the moment it was born um through the chain and so you know and i was like that's that's an existential threat we got to work on that um you know so i, I think I'm, I'm hoping that there becomes kind of a little bit more of an acceptance of just letting people like do what they do but that seems naive i don't think that that's you know i think that the the government and state entities are going to fight like hell to not really let bitcoin be that you know or cryptocurrency be that you know liberating force um and I, you know, to an extent, I get it. You know, it's, it, it is helpful to track legitimately bad people by monitoring financial transactions and things like that. But on the flip side, like, you know, Bitcoin actually does offer some tools to that end without needing to like kill it. You know, I remember the guy at the, at the hearing was just like, look, if we, if we were all on Bitcoin when the fucking financial crisis hit, we, we would have had a completely different response. We would have known exactly, because you can go on websites right now that show the like earth and show where bitcoins are moving in like real time because they can monitor the chain and stuff like that and you just can't even do that with with regular us dollars and so um you know that's a that's a tough question um i'm really a lot more 
interested in what the response from the, the, the crypto community is going to be because I, again, like I said earlier, I feel like I've, I sensed this lost spark of trying to win the fight against fiat currency. And now it's just like, kind of like another stock thing. And I don't think that'll work long-term. Yeah. So. Okay. So it seems like a lot of time when we're talking about cryptos, we're talking about like the government versus the people. Do you mm -hmm. ever think that there would be a world in which the government or government entities use cryptos? Oh yeah. Yeah. I do. I definitely do. Um, I mean, I think you're already starting to see that. I think China is trying to like gently push all of the crypto because they've been a, a fairly hotbed of crypto, you know, which is maybe a good thing because it's going to make it harder for them to kick all that out and make their own crypto. But they 100% want to. That's definitely on Xi Jinping's like list of things to do. It's much easier for India. I think India just straight up did that. I think they just banned all crypto and were like, we're going to come out with an Indian cryptocurrency. That's like an Indian government cryptocurrency. But it was easier for him because like India was never really this huge hotbed of crypto. So uh, I don't think that they will ultimately ban all cryptocurrency um, long-term because I think that in order to survive as a crypto now, you have to play in the market. You can't just be like, you're all gone. It's like, well, no one cares about you if we can't like buy and trade and sell. So like, yeah, uh, you know, so that's probably not the wisest strategy, but I, I read that that was kind of taking place in India. Um, and then, but the other thing is, is that I think that there is a, there's a case, you know, it's just, it's just a really good system of records keeping. I mean, you can, yeah. you know, and public records keeping is the other thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, you know, you know, we can talk about the Ted Cruz's and the, you know, the, the, <laughs> all the, the, the federal level, you know, those, those people are scheming 100% of every day, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're figuring out shit, but like, you know, the, fucking you know department of transportation guy like I, I bet he's actually trying to be a good department of transportation guy and try to make the highway safer and stuff like that and to that extent i think that you might have you know like there would be a really good case for you know uh making um you know cryptocurrencies because like i said you you can go all the way back to the first bitcoin and see the the tag on that you can store text data you can store lots of data on a blockchain and i feel like uh, with that in mind, you know, you could store a lot of, um, you know, government reports, uh, things like that, that would prevent like, no, no, you did publish this, there's no way to get around it. And that yeah. would be really useful for like freedom of information, mm -hmm. um, you know, or, or just, you know, keeping track of it databases, you know, if you have a public, um, you know, this, is, this is a way, I guess, that would be like the government giving a little and the people giving a little to get a better out of the both of them. Because like, if you're running a database, like, well, okay, good. Hopefully you have good backups and stuff. And there have been instances where the government doesn't have good backups and we lose tons of data. It's like, well, if you if you have this shit on a public blockchain that people can run on their machines and save, you know, right now, I think the Bitcoin blockchain is something it's been a long time since I've synced it on my computer. Um, it was like 200 gigs plus, I think the whole thing, all 10 years of Bitcoin's entire history, it's like 200 gigs. And now we're pretty much hitting the block limit every single year. So I think every year we're putting basically 50 gigs onto the Bitcoin blockchain every single year. You know, that's Bitcoin where people actually use it regularly, millions of people. Um, you know, if it's like the state of Colorado, like it wouldn't take much for, you know, um, every journalistic or agency in the, in the, in the state would be able to you know, build a one desktop computer that could hold probably the entirety of the blockchain data that would be able to, um, you know, store all kinds of, you know, like I said, government reports, statistics, things like that. And you would be able to do this in a way that like now, 
okay, you're not going to lose the data. It's just not, it's in too many places, you know, so you can retain that data one way or the other. And, uh, and that would be, I think, helpful to, you know, again, transparency, but also, you know, uh, you know, the government doesn't want to lose that data either. They, they like their data and everything. So like, you know, it'd be, it'd be kind of a good way for us to maintain the data while also having some transparency. So there's a lot of applications for it. I, I think, um, not so much for data that you don't want people to know, but yeah, um, exactly. But, uh, but I think that, you know, I, you know, the freedom of information act federally and at, at the various 50 States, um, I, those are slam dunk wins, you know, mm -hmm. they passed, that was just a net gain in public awareness of what their government is doing. Uh, you know, and it was a net transfer of, I guess you could say power from the institution to people like that does happen sometimes. So you never know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we could get a, a public blockchain that would, that would help out like that. For sure. So I think something that is a roadblock to a lot of people that would want to get into the world of cryptos is there's well a there's a lot of jargon in the whole universe and culture of crypto oh but also once you start to kind of research it and learn about it it seems like there's so many steps like you'll see youtube videos about getting hardware wallets and all it seems like it's just a very involved process mm -hmm. so if someone just like a regular person not very financially savvy at all just wanted yeah. to dip their toes into the water of cryptos uh like what's a really basic simple way to get involved would you say probably the basic and most simple way to get involved is to create an account on a cryptocurrency exchange that's, mm -hmm. that would be step number one. I mean, that's probably sacrilege. It's just some of the like diehard crypto people out there. And mm -hmm. it is to me too, a little bit, but like if it yeah. gets people into crypto, like it's a net win. And, but that's it. I mean, essentially create an account on Gemini or Coinbase. And, you know, that immediately essentially gives you wallets. Uh, granted, uh, disclaimer, those wallets are on someone else's computer. So like, yeah. you know, the whole point of crypto is you can be your own bank. You're not your own bank if if you're if your crypto's out there. But on the flip side, it's no worse than your current actual bank. So like you know, fuck it, you know, create create your account on the uh, on on a, on a cryptocurrency exchange. Um, Coinbase is kind of like the big guy, so I'm almost like don't don't use Coinbase. I have a Coinbase. I use Coinbase, okay. but I'm kind of like I'm kind of like you know, it's kind of like Amazon right now. I'll buy yeah. from Amazon if I absolutely have to, but if mm -hmm. I, you know, even if it costs me a little bit more to buy from a different retailer online, like I, I'll spend that money just to you know throw some competition their way. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, so you know, but but just creating an, an account on one of these crypto exchanges so that you can buy and sell cryptocurrency, um, you know, that's probably the single easiest first step that you can do. Um, the next step, though, I mean, it, it, it is, I would say it's not much more involved than you have to be when it comes to investing regular stocks, you, you know, and, and a lot of people aren't actually, that's one of the things that kind of concerns me, I feel like, you know, your traditional stockbrokers and stock investors, at least, you know, it's easier to understand, like, oh, I'm buying some Microsoft, well, you know what Microsoft is, like, you know what Pi is, I, I don't know, I've heard people talking about it, I have no idea what's behind that cryptocurrency, and I'm not going to buy it until I know who people behind it are what's what is it that they're making a cryptocurrency for you know mm -hmm. like what's the point what what's your you know selling point etc 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 i gotta know what their approach is and i gotta know that they're being a little bit technical with things um you know so you you do have to start doing some research into into what cryptos you ultimately decide to buy 
Um, and then eventually, I would say, depending on what those cryptocurrencies are, um, you probably want to, you know, have a computer or I wouldn't say a hardware wallet, man, like those are, if you're asking me, those are scams. Those are, I mean, okay. that's like, that's like asking a place that's like putting all of it. I guess they're not totally scams. They're a decent way to protect your stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I guess they're probably the most consumer accessible way to protect a lot of your crypto, but you're also dependent on hardware support of crypto. Whereas if sure. you're just using a computer, you can buy and sell any crypto. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, a lot of crypto, like if you lose that hardware wallet or it gets destroyed, it's like, well, you just lost all your shit. Right. And that's like, not okay. So like, yeah. uh, um, so I, I guess that I have a hardware wallet. I got one at a hackathon in Wyoming, actually, in, in Laramie. Okay. Um, and, uh, they, they were just handing them out if we participated in their, their little thing. So I have never turned it on. I'm just like, sure, machine, okay. why not? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, but I've never yeah. used it. I just have it on my computer. And um, it is a little tough because you want to, you know, like if you're using your computer, then it becomes a security thing. you got to make sure that, you know, your computer is secure and safe and everything like that. But, um, you know, those are steps down the line. The easiest first step is create an account on an exchange and go wild. And so um, I've heard someone say that a good rule of thumb is don't have don't have a certain amount of money on an exchange site that you wouldn't carry like in cash on you in a wallet. Do you think that's a good tip? (laughs) Probably, although I wouldn't necessarily say so. I mean, maybe actually, that might not actually be a bad idea just because like these exchanges are, their solvency is dependent on the winds of the markets and they're, you know, sure they're running a good service and everything like that but like Mm -hmm. there's gonna come a day where this like meteoric rise like peters out like there's no such thing as infinite value that's just not a thing in the world we live in Mm -hmm. um crypto is new it's still new it's only been around for 12 years now i think um so you know i'd say we're still in this like you know gold has been around for five thousand years and you know like crypto has been around for 12 you know, right. we're, we're, uh, we're, we're still in uncharted territory. We still don't know how it works. And I think if you're asking me, I think we're in a place where like, there's a lot of hype. We're in like the dot-com part right now. I think yeah. there's, way, there's a ton of hype. It's going to come back down and I'm banking on that. I better be right. But like, <laughs> but like, I'm so, like, there, like, there's a lot of non-value that I see like being blasted up right now. And I'm just sure. like, oh, okay. This tastes like that. Yeah. And, um, and so in theory, if you just had money on your Coinbase, let's say you had $100 and you hadn't cashed it into any crypto mm-hmm. and there's a massive crypto crash, like, would you get your $100 back? You haven't put it in crypto, but you did give it to them. It's in right. their accounts. Like, right. and they're going to need every goddamn cent they need to like stay afloat and not like lose everything. Um, right. You know, it's a, we've already been through this a couple of times, uh, you know, where, where crypto tanks and like the, the exchanges or people are trying to get their things. And of course, the exchange is like, uh, uh, hold it, hold it, hold it. OK, a little bit, little, uh, you know, and yeah, yeah. you know, that's not that's not a new experience. And so that's probably not a bad uh, uh, point of advice, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any like last thoughts you would like to leave our audience with about cryptos? Um. Yeah, I guess, I mean, basically kind of like what I was getting at uh, through, you know, I guess what was in my mind throughout the whole interview, uh, which was wonderful, by the way. Thank you for giving me the opportunity yeah, to thank say my you thoughts. For being here. <laughs> um, I think crypto is a net positive because of the 
the technologies involved and uh, how they work and the trust that they do work because they do. Um, but there are some human components to the crypto world right now that I think, like I said, I think that there's a lot of hype and, uh, and not enough fight. And there are some weaknesses to the technology that the hype and lack of fight is, are becoming blind to. Um, so uh, that's, that's basically it. I think that crypto is, is, a, is, is here to stay. It's never going to go away. Um, it's, uh, it's a part of our society from now until the end of the universe. Um, and I think uh, that's, that's really cool, but I think it's dependent on us to um, kind of grow and foster uh, more fight, less hype, I guess. That's, I like that. that's what I will <laughs> leave your audience with. So, well said. Yeah. Well, Tom, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the MetaMystic Podcast. You can connect with us online on Instagram at the handle at MetaMysticPod. You can connect with me, Tanya, at YouMetaWork on Instagram. Or you can shoot us an email at MetaMysticPod at gmail.com. Until next time, be good to people, be good to yourself, stay away from cults, and take some time today to get hella meta. Bye.